Hello and welcome to Behind the Lashes with me, Joanna Lee. In this series, I'm going to be speaking to lash artists from around the globe. I want to know what makes them tick and also how they're surviving C19. Staying in the UK for this episode, I'm off to Ryslip to speak to another hard hitter in the lash industry. It's Lash Heaven's Sylvia Liu. Good morning, Sylvia. Hi, Joanna. Thank you for inviting me to the podcast. I'm so excited. Oh, me too. How are you today? I'm good. Good. Thank you. Um, trying to enjoy a bit of weather, um, but yeah, happy to be honest. We have been lucky with the weather. It does make the world of difference, doesn't it? Yes, definitely. Absolutely. You can't just stay inside, have to go to sit outside, enjoy the sun, the weather a little bit. Exactly. Well, we're going to talk a little bit later about how you've been coping with lockdown. I just want to go behind the lashes of Sylvia Lou for a moment and take you back to your early years and to ask you about what your childhood was like. So I would say I had a good childhood, probably a bit different one. So I am born in Stockholm, the capital of Sweden. And when I was about two, two and a half, my parents had to send me to India for a few years while they were working to save money because when they came to Sweden, they was obviously had to work from very low, so in restaurants and stuff. So, yeah, uh, before I turned five, so I was there for probably two, two and a half years. Um, I flew back to Sweden to uh, my family, but my parents then was divorced. So I was kind of just been decided to live my, with my dad. So it was tough for a bit because obviously he was working in a restaurant, so you have long, you know, out working hours. So there would be days where he couldn't pick me up and it would be my aunt or my uncle to pick me up and stay at their house and stuff. So it actually made me really independent very quickly. What, why on earth did they send you to India though? I'm missing something here. <laughs> because my parents' family or my parents, both of them are born in India. Right. So they are um, Chinese, but they're born in India. So they moved to Sweden and obviously when you're coming from, you know, Chinese or India, then they are, they wouldn't just, they're not educated. So they don't just get a good job. They have to kind of work their way up and save money. So my mom was cleaning in hotel rooms. My dad was in the restaurant as a waiter. So I would, it was easier for them at that time that my grandparents looked right. up. So, yeah, so I live with my, in India with my dad's side of the, um, of the family for a few years. So he taught me a lot of languages and stuff. So, yeah, so it's a bit different. But So what languages do you speak? Oh, I speak about seven languages. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so I speak um, English, Swedish. I speak three different Chinese, which is Hakka, which is my mother tongue, and then a bit Cantonese, a bit Mandarin. And I also was taught at school uh, Ger German, Spanish, and Italian. And because my parents are from India, so I speak a bit Hindi as well. So I wouldn't say I speak very well like German stuff, but I could probably make myself understood. I can understand wow. them. 
better than they probably could understand me speaking. So yeah, I speak a few languages. Amazing. And do you still have extended family in India? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, my grandma from my mom's side, I have my aunt, I have my cousin. Yeah, they're all in India. So when I go see my grandparents, I don't go to China, I go to India. Right. Do you have any family in China? Yes, but not that I close or know yeah. of. Kind of right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, wow. Well, that is quite... So from what years of your life were you in India without your parents? So I will say about 1981 to 1983. It was just... Uh, I remember it being snowing. So it was probably December. So when I was on the airplane, I was looking out and it was snow. And I was just saying to my uncle who was bringing me home from India, I'm like, uncle, look outside. There's so much ice cream. <laughs> I've never seen snow, you know. So I was like, there's ice cream everywhere outside. Oh so, my it was so, funny. so yeah, so it was when I was about two and a half to just before five so two and a half years oh my gosh that must have been so hard so when you came back to Sweden your mum and dad were no longer married is that is that yeah. right yeah so that was that was tough then I mean it was tough yeah it was tough because it wasn't like I could choose if I wanted to live with my dad or my mm. mom they had agreed that I should stay with my dad so I, I just did that and I don't, you know, wouldn't complain, obviously, because I was happy to be with my family. But it's tough when you don't know who's picking you up at nursery or you have to stay at my aunt's, you know. Um, so, no, it was um, it was a bit of, a, you know, a hard. And you were only little. So you must have really missed your grandparents, too. That must have been a wrench. Yeah, yeah, I have really good memories being, you know, in in India. I enjoyed it and I went to school because they started school much earlier. So then I went back to nursery in Sweden. So that was kind of funny. And But my grandparents moved to Canada, actually, not much longer after that. So mm -hmm. I did see them, you know, and they would come to Sweden. Wow. So life was very interesting as a child. Did you settle back into Swedish life? Yeah, I would say when I came back, then I struggled because I had to learn new language. I think I spoke oh. literally four different Indian languages when I was in India. And, and I spoke, spoke fluent English. But when I came to Sweden, I had to kind of learn Swedish. So then I was losing those languages. And so I was kind of a little bit maybe not like so advanced in mm. communication in Swedish um, that I did feel you know, I struggled for a few years probably, but, um, no, um, adjusting to Swedish. I mean, like I couldn't have asked for a nicer country to grow up in, to be honest. I love the way, you know, the Swedish, you know, it's a very safe, very clean, you know, uh, childhood and the tradition is amazing. You know, I, I, I kind of grown from, you know, from India coming to Sweden, then I incorporate kind of like a bit of Chinese tradition, some Indian tradition and some new Swedish tradition. So it's like quite multicultural in that way. But no, as a country, as a place, I love Sweden. Well, they do say that those Scandinavian countries, Norway, Sweden, they are considered on the sort of list of happiest places to live. They're like up there in the top, Norway, Norway, Sweden. Yeah. You know, that, that, oh. 
their way of life there, although their winters are long and hard, they still they have ice cream. <laughs> they love ice cream. <laughs> yeah. So, and what do you just quickly about Sweden again? How do you feel about the fact that, that have you been watching their situation with coronavirus quite closely because they I, have locked down? I know. So I believe Norway and Denmark had locked down, yes. but Sweden did not do that approach. Obviously, my family is in Sweden, so they're showing me pictures of the sushi and being out and I'm like, oh, wow, lucky you kind of thing. Yeah. So, of course, I have been following. They are not sure whether they are doing the right thing or not. They said literally either we are the stupidest country in the world or we will be the best country who did the right approach. So, yes, I have been following a bit of that. Um, their, yeah. numbers are, their numbers are rising now, as you would expect, but they're talking about Stockholm having herd immunity now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I don't know, you know, we read things, obviously there are things that you feel like, oh, okay, maybe that's the way we should have. Maybe as a, like for me or for, you know, as a family, like we obviously our kids are suffering education wise and income wise, but then we are protecting maybe the elderly a little bit more. So it, it is hard because there's a sacrifice, like maybe the, our approach is that we sacrifice our economy to save lives or maybe Swedish will be like, no, we will sacrifice life just to keep our economy being, you know, yeah. not to suffer so much. You I, know? Can, I can definitely see both sides, but for me, yeah. it just does not feel acceptable to sacrifice our older generation or the vulnerable amongst us to save the economy. And maybe that's just naive, but for me, that just is so uncomfortable. Yeah, I, 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 the thing is what I'm worried about is that let's say in three months time, we are locking, like we're not locked down, we're okay. And then one person comes from whatever country that wasn't locked down, let's say, and give it back. Do we go back to lockdown again? So this is where it's really because unless everybody is following the same, it's a little bit tricky because we don't obviously want to be back to normal. And then, oh yeah, now we're back into pandemic or Corona. Yeah. They, the second phase and then we locked down again so it is tricky it is it's really tricky I don't know what's right and wrong no. but I do need a little bit just to keep myself informed but yeah. yeah yeah I mean I just don't until there's a vaccine that works that has high efficacy and there is enough of it I really don't see how we are not just going to seesaw between going out locking down going out locking yeah. down as the numbers just keep going up and down again through lockdown i just can't see a way out but just keep hoping for the best yeah yeah exactly that's why you can't just read too much news because you'll be really depressed just keep you informed but just trying to make you do things to make you happy and then kind of um you know try to concentrate on your yourself and your family and your loved yeah. ones yeah We've jumped ahead a bit. Let's take it, take it, but it, it, getting overexcited here. We ha take it back a bit to your family situation now. Who yeah. are you in lockdown with? So I'm in lockdown with uh, Alan, my partner, and my children, and my three children, and my dog at home in London. My family are still in Sweden. So yeah, we're just home at the minute in Riceland. And how old are the children? So I have three children and my oldest one is Kaylee. She is 11. And then I have Amelia, who is seven and Troy, who is three and a half. 
Oh my gosh, you've got your hands well and truly full and we'll talk yeah. about your coping strategies also <laughs> in a moment. First of all, I want to find out a little bit about how you got into lashes and how Lash Heaven was born. Okay, so um, basically what I was, I was in UK, obviously, I was uh, working for some sourcing companies and in the banks and I used to get my lashes done. Um, because I was like looking at people like I love your lashes so yeah I was getting my lashes done you were a banker then right you I mean you have a you were a city banker am I correct yeah, I was a banker in Kenner Wharf so I had like the you know I love being out the buzzing atmosphere and you know seeing everybody dressed up in like suits and dresses so you know I, I did work in that corporate world for a few years for both as a consultant and also as an employee so yeah basically what really changed was when I had Kaylee I was still working Alan used to do all the gymnastics ballet class and she, he would always say to me you're missing so much of my children fun things you know because he will always see mums with the kids and then he's be the dad <laughs> does this kid have a mom kind of thing <laughs> So I was literally like working, let's say whether it was a, either of the job, because my job was a lot deadline driven. And then I come home, eat quickly, and then laptop work more, you know, so my family didn't see me much. So that kind of was like, I did hear a lot of like moaning from Alan, like, oh, you need to switch off. And I said, I can't, it needs to be done. I need to uh, prepare it for tomorrow's meetings, you know. So it wasn't maybe the ideal job for a woman with kids especially because sometimes I would have to fly abroad as well, mm. which is it's tough having kids and to do that. So when I had, actually I moved from my Barclays job to a sourcing company and two months later, I just realized I was pregnant. So most of my new job, I was kind of, uh, was pregnant. So anyway, so when I had Amelia, my second one, and kind of, just before, maybe in August, before I was like, oh, three months before I had to go back during my maternity leave, I was kind of like thinking, what is it I want to do? I know that I don't want to go back to the normal working in front of laptop, flying here and there, you know, and missing my second child's childhood a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I was doing a bit of research on the laptop and thinking like, what, what can I do? What can I do? I need to do something. But when you haven't tried it and you don't know what you enjoy, I just know that I was doing well with any jobs that I got, but I wasn't like, I didn't wake up with a smile on my face every day. So I kind of was thinking anyway. So basically I come across the eyelash extension. I was like, oh God, do I really have time after having my university degrees and master's degree? Do I really have time to go beauty school for a year just to learn eyelashes? I said, I don't know if I can do that. It's too much because there's a lot of money loss as well. Mm -hmm. So I was researching and I'm like, Alan, what do you think of eyelash extension? Because I was literally looking at like being a wedding planner. I was looking at hair extensions and stuff like that and even like makeup. But anyway, so I said like, this is a one to two days training course. I said, this cannot be real. And he's like, you should go for it. I said, should I? I said, how can you be good at doing something in the one to two days? I, I really thought I had to sacrifice a year. <laughs> so what happened was that I was just like, okay, I did some research. I came across a few companies. And then I just decided to go with Lash Perfect because I had 
like basically there was a salon not far from where I lived that said I just asked them where they train and they said Lash Perfect so I thought okay well at least it must be a good company so yeah so I went there and it was actually uh, one day training course and I couldn't believe it but it was obviously because you have to practice lots at home but no that kind of like what happened uh, so that was about 2013 so just before I was going back uh, for, my, uh, for my maternity leave so yeah that so I started like that and what I did was I practiced I took my my beauty bed my glam core light and everything and I was like like so ambitious like really wanted to get my certificate i would didn't care if i had to go up the stairs if i had to drive half an hour just to do that model because i think i had like 10 case studies to do yeah i actually got my certificate really quickly and what happened was that i was then got into i can't remember what is that called salon geek is it called salon geek? oh yes 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 oh because facebook wasn't popular with no. the groups then. Mm-hmm. So yes, yeah, so I kind of was researching. I was reading so much. So then come November, I had to go back to my job again. So I was kind of trying to do a bit of lashing and go back to work. But luckily I was only doing three days a week. So it wasn't full time. So I tried to build my business then. But it kind of come to me about March, I would say, when I just realized like, I would basically describe myself as if I'm not lashing, I am reading about lashes, whether it's Salon Geek, whether it's Facebook. If I'm not reading about lashes, then I will be dreaming about lashes. <laughs> I was, honestly, lashes was on my mind 24-7. So that's when I realized I need to do something about it. So I just went to my boss because I literally remember I just, he, I just kind of started with him and then I was pregnant and then I was maternity. Mm. I come back for like three months and then I'm like, um, so I barely been with him, I would say, but I just said to him, like, like I would really want to, uh, you know, go in more into eyelash or well, beauty. And, you know, I said, I've done a course and I really would like to. And he was, honestly, he just said, Sylvia, follow your dreams. If you would like to, you know, come back, my door is open for you. Oh, wow. I'm like, oh, I hated I had to do this. He was like the best boss ever, but I just knew I had to do that for me because it was my, you know, it was something I really wanted to at least try. If it's not working, then fine. But I, I, yeah, so that's literally how it happened, you know. So this is now taking us to about 2013 in April uh, when I uh, did my notice period. And that's when I started to look into volume trainings and then starting you know, I actually did a competition, which was with uh, Sugar Lash at that time. And it was a classic set. I, I've been trained only, only for a year, I would say. And I did a uh, classic and then I went on holiday in December. And then I just woke up with loads of messages. And it was like, people say, congratulations. I, like, oh. I won the competition. with. Wow. There was like first competition I was like so happy you still have those photographs yeah I have the photograph oh you must post those I'd love to see them yeah 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 yeah. I will do that I will have to dig a little bit because a few phones ago because it was 2014 yeah so no that was amazing yeah so I kind of think you know so basically from that on that's when I kind of started to think about 
because I was seeing that a lot of us lash artists were buying products abroad, you know, not just from UK. At that time, you know, there were quite a few big brands, mm -hmm. personality behind the brand kind of thing. So anyway, so I was then looking into uh, selling some products because I was thinking I can do but lashing maybe you know 70% and then if I have a few orders that would be my hobby like extra mm -hmm. ink yeah but I did not anticipate it but it's literally like for last for the first few months it just went really quickly I was speaking at the lash convention by Fr um, Frankie Widows the first lash battle so it kind of really was the perfect timing so when lash heaven was born to how quickly the judging started in uk but also abroad and conferences and stuff so yeah it, it kind of grew wow you know at that time you know there was obviously already quite a few established lash uh, brands by the time lash heaven was actually uh, established and you know with frankie loretta hannah at the front uh, you know in the lash world so and be mingling and networking with them with the amazing competitions and you know so it was it was a perfect timing and they're so lovely ladies them so yeah I, you know it's, it's really different because from changing from the banking from the procurement where 90 percent or at least the procurement 90 percent would be men i was mm -hmm. always working with men and then moved to 90 percent if not 99 percent women so there was a big change yeah big, from being corporate what, to the what's easier working with 90 percent men or 90 percent women it's different i will say i don't know actually it's different you just have to the way you work and how you communicate is you need to change it's completely different it's so hard to say you know this different kind of stress for sure yeah well so. it's the whole mars and venus thing the whole communication thing presumably I enjoy working with women yeah more, i would say yeah i have not i done the right decision let's say that <laughs> so did lash heaven come out with lashes first was it lashes or glues or both at the same time so lash heaven started with actually distributing adele sutton uh, which is vogue vogue lashes from um south africa mm -hmm. and that was kind of the start of distributing while I was looking into some color lashes, which was Lash Heaven's thing in the beginning. And then, um, yeah, so we, we kind of like did some our products and some uh, distribution of another brand. And uh, I will say we will like to actually next week will be five year anniversary of Lash Heaven. Oh, wow. Yeah. So um, I think by, by, so when I started five years ago in April, that was mainly um, using Adele Sutton's products. Mm -hmm. By June, I would say we, we started launching uh, Color Lashes and Fierce Black, which is like the baby and the, 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 the one that made a big hit in, in the UK for sure. So yeah, so I was quite quick with actually launching my own products, but um, I only have few stuff mm -hmm. right whole range yeah were you teaching then as well i wasn't teaching no so, so you were a lash artist first then came the products yeah. and then you became a teacher i ha i'm not a teacher yet oh you're <laughs> not you're not teaching i have oh, the petals, wow. so i have like i can teach but i have i'm not teaching yet no so 
Do you yeah. mentor? Do you mentor people? I have done a few, but I'm not really advertising that. It's only when people actually contact me if they really, really want to. And I'll be like, okay, let's see when we can shed pencil something in. But uh, yeah, so I do a few. I have done a few mentorship, like in so, competition and, and volume mainly. Now, you mentioned to me that you your dreams for 2020 were was to launch the Lash Heaven Academy, but I assumed that meant you would just be growing your team of trainers. So oh. ma- massive assumption. No, this is about you launching yourself as yeah. a trainer. I've been wanting to do that for many years, but basically what happened is children happened. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then I got my own premises, which meant we're on a high street, which yeah. meant need to have like a a use which means i need to have like clients or people being able to come in so what happened is that naturally i was put doing salon first Mm -hmm. i put a lot of effort into the salon and you know i always said that you cannot do three things you can't do training salon and a shop normally you have to choose two Mm -hmm. a lot of people if you see on in the lash world, they are either trainer and the salon owner, or they are, let's say, they do the clients and do a shop. But they, mm-hmm. it's really tricky to do three, especially yeah. one person. So unless you are like Hannah or Hoa and they have like lots of little minions, but no. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not easy if you are on your own to try to do all, master all. So, mm-hmm. <clears throat> so in that way, uh, my shop and my salon came first. So, and which I have put some time you know, into and, you know, it's running well, but I do know that, you know, hand in hand, you know, the training and the shop goes mm. together. Mm. So I do know that it's, I've been postponing it for way too long, way too long. So, so how, I, do, how do you see it working then? How could it, are, are you talking about having more than the two things and, or are you going to ditch one you know, maybe not do clients anymore. How do you see it working? It would be a little bit of that because obviously with more time being off um, working, especially with clients, uh, for the lockdown, I have been doing a lot of thinking and stuff and been doing some work. So I have been putting in a lot of processes, streamline the jobs, going to automate quite a few things, going to hire the right people for the specific job so um the shop will be going more or less without me yeah uh, when we have opened up again and i'm going to put my time and effort into training now and i will cut down my lashing for mm-hmm. sure i have to cut down i i have been told. i hope your clients aren't listening <laughs> some kind of know a little bit <laughs> Uh, you know, but I know. Um, and then we'll see because obviously we do have this premises and we have upstairs, which is, we, we have basically a three floor oh, wow. building. So, you know, I'm not saying that door is going to be locked forever, mm-hmm. but maybe when time is right, we might be opening the door again when we have the right people or enough people who's doing, there might be lash artists who's going to be lashing and doing trainings. Yeah not just lashing you know yeah. so it would be good I'm, I'm i'm gonna temporarily putting a little padlock on but it's not gonna be locked forever kind of thing mm. so but i know that this is something you know i've been really enjoying my time off not working with clients well, not just with, yeah. clients, with 
Well, that. let's talk about this time off that we've all had thrust upon us during yeah. lockdown. Obviously, you are at home with your children, three and a half, seven and 11, and with the lovely Alan. We will all have seen Alan <laughs> on your Instagram. He looks quite like quite an amazing guy. Yeah, he is definitely. He is keeping me sane, keeping, allowing me to work on the business, keeping, well, trying anyway, taming my little gremlins, as I call them sometimes, tamed, you know, and uh, being amazing at, you know, looking after them, teaching them cycling, like Amelia learned cycling during lockdown, just outside, wow. you know, and uh, yeah, and feeding them. <laughs> yeah. And so, is, he, is he a professional bodybuilder? So yeah, I mean, he he basically, obviously, be always um, been quite uh, good or looked after himself, going gym, eating well. A few years ago, he actually stopped drinking, and well, he he was drinking a little bit, but he stopped because he wanted to focus on this keto diet, which mm-hmm. is obviously a really big thing now. Uh, he is doing really well, but what happened was about. Two years ago, he was thinking like, right, can't be that many good um, men in over 40 that looks like me. So he's like, <laughs> so I'm just trained at this competition. So it was a pure elite. And because it was just like 10 minutes from my house, we thought, okay, just do it. We nothing to lose. So yeah, so a year and a half ago, he just went in to... And to compete. And I just decided, let's bring all my kids because it's not like, you know, you know, they're wearing clothes so yeah. it's just to flex a bit and I wanted my kids to be proud and he yeah. said like anything if you're on the stage and if there's awards you want somebody out there to cheer for you so and you know so I brought all my kids and he entered he was going to enter one category just over 40s but then I just told him to just do as many as he could so he entered over 30s over 40s and overall and he came between I think he came set first on the 40s for sure and maybe he came second or first on the third over 30s and overall he came probably third so he right. got three trophies so each kid had one trophy each, so they were happy <laughs> so no it was a really nice experience and for him to be like feeling that he's doing something right because like in contrast to me he actually quite like you know being on the stage and getting the attention and you know so it was nice for him uh, and you know because he's kind of been in the background a bit with looking after the kids so you know he's had a bit doing something you know he's been training so hard and stuff so well, he was yeah. a stay-at-home dad and then yeah. now turned professional bodybuilder yeah basically and then and then he went for the second one which is basically he won a pro card so he went from an amateur to a pro elite um you know competition so he could entered the pro uh, which was like literally two months after and he thought well I worked this hard so long I might as well keep strict for another two months and do this training so he went again and that was in Kent in Margate so he went in there and then he won some more trophies I think he yeah he brought home at least three if not four amazing yeah it was good because then I feel like the attention has come back to him a little bit because I've been judging I've been traveling I've been doing all this fun thing so it was nice to get him a little bit you know as well and the kids really enjoyed it It was a bit in the limelight yeah 
Yeah, and the kids loved it as well because it was like a little road trip for them going to camp and staying in a hotel and watching Daddy. <laughs> oh, so listen, I've got I've got an image of of Alan putting you through these amazing workouts during lockdown. Have you got a gym at home? How is he keeping? You know, what do they say? Cut or ripped or <laughs> what yeah, do they do? Or, yeah, I mean. So he was quite quick with buying some equipment because he, at, at, we are members of David Lloyd, which yeah. have using equipment and, you know, swimming pool and also indoor, outdoor, everything. But he kind of was thinking like, oh God, you know, he could, because people were still going to the gym. Maybe it was yeah. like, you see for every day, there was just a bit less, a little bit less people. But he was thinking like, oh God, I need to get some, some weight. I wish I had a gym because he used to have a gym until we had kids and it became a shell. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I, so he actually bought some stuff like some weight obviously it's nowhere as heavy as he normally would have and he got a rower machine and stuff and he managed to get it because the price just started to go yeah. up and it's sold out everywhere so it just shows how important gym is for a lot of people but yeah so he managed to grab a few things like you know a bench and all that so he's been David Lloyd have this app uh, so we can actually uh, watch live like certain classes mm-hmm. called plays and yoga and he's been doing that so every morning he does that while i'm asleep about six o'clock he does his gym routine because i said you, because we basically have some stuff downstairs and some stuff in our bedroom because we yeah. have quite a bedroom well i said like, you can't be sweating in the bedroom i want to be like sleeping and not smelling something nice not weird odor coming that way so i said like listen you need to be training downstairs so that's what he did you know so he trained downstairs in the morning at class so by the time I wake up, he's literally done like 5,000 steps according to his watch. I'm like, wow, <laughs> that's crazy. So yeah, he likes to wake up early and do a bit of gym. And then midday, he would do a bit of uh, weight in our bedroom. So And then we tried to take our kids uh, for a little walk and bike or something around our house just to get them out. Because yeah. I think having three kids at home is not easy, just being yeah. at home. And no. you've got quite a good spread of ages there. So how on earth is the homeschooling going, dare I ask? Um, well, I would say it's not that great, great, to be <laughs> honest. Uh, the reason is because of the ages, mm. you know, we are like, you know, one is nursery, you know, and then one is in year two, one is in year six, so completely different. They just have to self-discipline and do a bit of work. So what? Well, it's definitely a challenge, you know. So uh, what I have been doing is business-wise, obviously, to keep the social distancing and to make sure that, you know, uh, I'm not putting my staff at risk. I had to furlough some staff, which meant I had to come in and work. So if you had any parcels in the last month, I have actually packed them myself. <laughs> so I felt like going back, like, literally five years ago when I first oh, got there, literally. So, yeah, so I've been... I, I because I drive, so I'm not like risking by being on a bus or anything. So I just drive, lock the salon or shop, and then go in the warehouse, do the parcel, drop it, and then I go. So I try to, you know, meet the because obviously not every country is under lockdown, and who wants some product? We don't get a lot, but we get some. So I try to do that. But what I've done is I brought my second daughter. And she has, uh, you know, we have some spare laptops here. So she's been doing some homework with me, you know. So when she's here, she's been doing something. We have an education city. And yeah, so she's been doing something. She will ask me, how do I do this? So yeah, so I've been spending time with her uh, because she's the one that I would say probably would 
you need more while this mm-hmm. 11 year old can do her own home or work homework so yeah so yeah i've been doing some with her at work here and she's been actually helping me with my uh with the business and p- putting some labels and stickers and hacking and stuff. so she's been learning that's quite special so i mean you wouldn't really have that time ordinarily so there are some special things that have come out of lockdown aren't there yeah i think so yeah definitely uh you know my daughter obviously come here quite a lot so she feel like she knows mommy's business but she says she won't rather do a uh, hairdresser with daddy who said <laughs> i've been um bribing her with some um some uh, some sweets here so oh yeah so the, the lash world is looking more enticing has your 11 year old shown any interest or your seven year old interest in, in lashing because i've actually taught my 11 year old to make volume fans this period. yeah wow yeah. oh, and how did that go well, her enthusiasm was definitely to be commended. My 15-year-old just pinged off like five perfect fans, just like bang, bang, bang. But oh. I'd, already, I'd already trained her in classic lashes, so she was adept at the tweezers. Oh. So, but yeah, it's been great fun. I, lo- I love that. And, um, you know, both of them want to be on the stage and, and do, you know, and do the showbiz thing. So I've said, well, you need a backup and lashes are, is ideal in between acting or dancing contracts. Lashes is the way forward. Yeah, I mean... My both mine are into, I would say into lashes. But my older one, he, she's more. She thinks she's gonna. She wants to be TikTok famous or Instagram yeah. influencer. That's her. What she wants to do. Um, but my, my, she actually both of them have asked whether they can bring a mannequin head and do oh. some some lash lashes at home. But I'm sold out of training lashes, so she, they can't really do anything. But they really been asking. I've been seeing my my little magpie here my daughter like every time she comes home like oh god okay she takes some of the stuff from here <laughs> they were taking like my super bonder and super glue stop and tweezer and the mirror she loves the mirrors yeah that i'm opening a salon at home so oh. it was funny but yeah so they're both interested but obviously not like my daughter older one always said can you put some for me but they actually are also quite into nails but Yes, they want some lashes on them, but they haven't really, like, you know, um, put too much enthusiasm, as I wish, maybe, from the older one at the minute. I think she's just enjoying, like, having no school. Yeah, I know. They're living their best life, really. Sylvia, how scared are you about the virus itself? I would say, me personally, I am not so scared for myself because... um, I think I would have been exposed to it by now, to be honest. I think actually my daughter would was a bit poorly in March with coughs and uh, temperature, but she was diagnosed with tonsillitis. So I don't know. I don't know if it is coronavirus, but I think for myself, I think that, you know, I have been exposed to it and I would be fine. I'm more worried about our, you know, elderly ones, especially those in elderly homes, mm. because we can't just go and see them and then if they get it it spreads so and they all get it because they're all you know a little bit poorer immune health or you know immunity to it so i'm a bit worried but for them um for me myself i'm not too worried to be honest do you know anyone who has had it for sure or has been in in hospital with it or passed away a friend of mine, her dad in Sweden, which you mentioned about the 
herd immunity in Stockholm. She was he was living in where it was the most contagious. It was actually in one of the more poorer areas in Sweden, and he passed away from it. I have a client of mine who said she hundred percent have it because she has some friends who also had it, and they were traveling to London on the tube every day and she said i'm so not well and then literally what happened was three people got sick from it but she said she was just home and just kind of isolating mm. so yeah i know some people who have had it but there's no you know unless you get tested you don't know mm. but once this test comes out it will be interesting to find out yes. if had it already or not just yeah well it'd be much easier to get back to some kind of normal if you if you know who's had it and who hasn't Yes, exactly. So, yeah, it, it's, it's obviously it's a bit scary, but me for myself, I'm not too worried. I just, you know, I hope that it's, we can be over with it as soon as possible, really. Yeah. Are you nervous about going back out and them saying, right, lockdown is easing? Do you, do you feel positive about going back and getting back to work or would you be more keen to take it a bit slower? I think going in stages slower would be better because it's just a shock from being isolated and just like, you know, you can't just be back to normal and nothing has happened. Mm -hmm. I think we have to do in stages. So they have to put, you know, uh, let's say maybe the children can go back first because they're less mm -hmm. uh, likely to get it. Uh, or it might be like certain shops can be open, but you just have to keep the social distancing for some time. So I think having that going back slowly would be a better thing for us, you know, mentally, but also for to make sure that the, the virus is, you know, slowing down rather than back to normal. And then, uh oh, uh oh, wave it too, you know. <laughs> yeah. Tell me, did you did I see that Lash Heaven was doing a a, a lash competition? Yeah. Like yeah so basically what happened was quite quite funny is that uh, obviously last time have a few ambassadors and i think it's really important to have like a little bit of because a lot of people working at home and there's nobody so it's nice to be belonging to some you know mm -hmm. brand or company so one of my very very um dear <laughs> ambassador marina she uh, basically she just she started lockdown before us to be honest so obviously being home you just go a little bit like you don't know what to do with yourself sometimes so, so she was just getting some training lashes i didn't even know what she was doing she just ordered and then she was practicing and then she's like what do you think that i'm like wow that's like a masterpiece it doesn't even look like just having just to practice some fans or something that looks like amazing so she's like yeah and then she was posting them on social media and stuff and it just kind of went viral like people was just like how did you do that what a good idea you know i don't even think that i don't even think marina was intention was whether it was for her or for her customers it was just mm. kind of for, for something to practice yeah. to, you know uh, to not lose it because having kids and being home you know but anyway so then people were starting ordering so many training lashes and everything and the girls were saying like you know when people are not lashing why don't we do something so to keep them busier you know and and that's when they came up with the idea of having this competition and i said go for it girls and you know so they set it up put everything together super excited and we had some quite crazy you know a lot of entries and it's just became something fun to look forward to and be yeah 
too, you know. So has, has, has it, is it over now? Have your winners no, it's not over yet because what happened was my, the sale of my training lashes just went so quickly. Yeah. So I ordered hundreds and hundreds, but because they all sent it through our normal shipping and not the HR, I don't know why, because I think because the training lashes are quite lightweight, they're not so heavy. Mm-hmm. So they just sit normal and they just stuck in transit so basically we have extended it to 17th of may i should get them uh, because i told them to send another one with their chair so i should get them and by end of next week so I, I have quite a lot of orders that are stuck right now like or waiting for them so yes yeah, so i will send them out by end of as soon as i get them literally even if i have to come on a saturday sunday i would just make sure that they get shipped out asap so yeah no so it's it's gone well, so it's not closed yet. So I want to rule. What are the rules? So there are four categories. So we have color, we have Russian volume, we have Kim K. Um, and do you just use one set? Do you just use one set of training lashes, or how do you get the layers? So um, basically, we definitely want to uh, to a pair, not just one eyelash because we want to see the uh, yeah, symmetry as well, because, you know, and yeah, so basically depending on which category we do, it's just um, obviously with, with natural lashes, you have a lot of layers yeah. and okay, you need to work with layers, which is hard on training lashes because it has one layer. Yeah. So, so Marina came up with the idea with like, you know, you have to put a second layer by putting two. Yeah. Uh, not two training lashes on oh, top. Not two training. No, 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 no. So basically, you lashes normal, and then you have to put the spikes probably on top of oh, okay. the lash to create that layer. And then, if you want the super full one, then you have to uh, put in between the lashes, kind okay. of thing. So it's gonna be like much fuller. So all everything is on our website. It's it's under the competition, or you can look at our Instagram. It's on one of the highlights. But if you have nothing to do for uh, our lash artists listening do enter it's free and we will be giving some nice prizes and some nice certificates oh it's a lovely idea i might just have to join that one i think yeah i think so it'd be nice you know nothing to lose right <laughs> exactly and something to keep me busy for an afternoon mind you this podcast is keeping me quite busy I bet. <laughs> so let's just end on a really positive note if you could just tell me what three things you have done today or yesterday that you can pat yourself on the back for um so i would say <laughs> the hardest <laughs> the biggest achievement is keeping my kids alive yeah and not killing each other basically <laughs> <laughs> there's not one day you know we hear a bit of tears and stuff like that so one of them is just to keep them happy and entertained yeah. and you know spending time so i think that is one um uh, another one is then you know I I feel like while I've been quite quite quiet obviously uh, I've been looking at improving the website so for any lash artist buying products uh, it should be a nice experience no matter where you are in the world we have put in different currencies we had done the online order tracking and we have a chat system so we I try to spend my time to make so the users uh, can have a better experience when they are ordering and then when they are on the website. So I'm happy with that. And um, my third that I'm really happy about is my accounts. 
I have actually finished my accounts and we oh, are wow. This normally take me a few months and I anyone who knows me really well, I dread all the paperwork that takes so long. So I feel so proud of myself for having done my um my accounts for last year. So yeah well done well done an achievement indeed Sylvia I have loved speaking to you and if it's okay I would love to check in with you in two weeks time to see how you are doing yes I look forward to it thank you Joanna thank you so much bye bye